Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. So which, uh, so which car are we in today, Val? This is car number 21, Powell car number 21. Do they have distinctive sounds? They do. Certain bells sound better. They have, some sound like garbage can lids. Some of them just don't quite have the balance. I happen to like this one. So hopefully you guys will like it too. Hell yeah, San Francisco. <laughs> San Francisco's back. Hello, Heather Knight. That was our friend Val Lupis displaying his cable car bell ringing skills for our Ask a Cable Car Gritman episode. That's coming up. But first, this is the last episode before our Wednesday, September 28th, Total Transit 2022 adventure. What is Total Transit 2022, and what is your stress level? (laughs) Stress level is high and climbing. Um, Total Transit 2022 is our attempt to ride all 27 transit agencies in the Bay Area. Most listeners will have heard of the big ones like Caltrain, Muni, BART, the ferry system, but there's lots of little ones too. Um, And this one has a point. We do not actually think we can get 27. We will be very happy to get 15. Um, anything beyond that would be a huge win in our book. Yeah, my stress level has dipped a little bit now that we have a route. Thanks to our friends Bruce Halperin and Hayden Miller, who built the core of the route. I tweaked it a little bit. My biggest worry is that we don't get a lot of transit agencies. Like you said, 15 or more would be great. And I'm really, really, really looking forward to the Giants game. This got a lot better when we bought Giants tickets and decided to end it in the bleachers at the Giants game. Yes, um, we already have our bleacher tickets. If anybody wants to join us, we'll be in section 141. That's the Rockies game, I think, right? Yeah, Rockies game, Wednesday, September 28th. And tickets are $9. I paid (laughs) $9 each for our tickets. It's a total bargain. We will have a lot of fun. We hope to get there by the seventh inning stretch. So we won't be there if you're coming to the beginning of the game. But hopefully we'll get there eventually on the Caltrain. Yeah, if we're if we're not there in the sixth inning, please DM us before beer sales end. And we may <laughs> yes. have you pick something up for us. Um, follow us on Twitter and on the sfchronicle.com site. We'll have uh, a tracker so you can see where we are. We're going to be giving updates. You'll be able to follow us all day. And also good news, we have a new batch of Total SF t-shirts with Sutro Tower on them. And we will have some um, throughout Total Transit. So if you find us or see us at the game, can't guarantee it if we run out. But the hope is we will be able to give you a Total SF t-shirt. Yeah, especially if you just like catch us out in the wild as we're riding uh, transit. If you run into us, I'm going to be holding a bunch of t-shirts and probably happy to get rid of them. So um, yeah, follow us, check us out. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to it while very stressed. 
And we're following up our very successful Ask a Muni Driver episode last week with Ask a Cable Car Gritman. Answering your questions today are Gritman Valupis and David Banbury, the former supervisor of the Cable Car Barn. It was really fun to meet him and just spend some time in the Cable Car Barn. It was just such a great vibe. Yeah, I love it there. And Val is always so fun to talk to. Told us about a movie he's starring in coming up and gave us lots of secrets about the barn and cable cars. Yeah, great questions. Thank you to all of our listeners who've been writing these questions in. Also, stick around after we have audio from Hunter Pence's Wall of Fame ceremony. We got invited to a before party. We got to interview Hunter right before the ceremony and watch the game. And I had a great time, and I just loved his message. Um, It was just a really good evening. It was great. He made a point of talking about how many times he struck out as a giant and that that never deterred him from trying hard the next time. So that's a good message as we go into Total Transit 2022. (laughs) We might miss some buses or some trains. Things might go very, very wrong, but we'll just channel Hunter Pence and keep going. We might have to call Hunter Pence in the middle just for a pep talk. <laughs> or a ride. <laughs> yeah, but listen for that. Um, there's a message of public service and, and some other things that we're going to talk about at the end of the episode. I'm Peter Hartlob here with Heather Knight. Every one of my dreams is an anxiety dream about transit, and this is Total SF. Thank you very much. Welcome back to Total SF Val Lupis. Hi. We also have your friend David Banbury, former superintendent of the Cable Car Barn. Good morning. Thanks for joining both of you. Um, we are sitting in the Cable Car Barn, so people will hear a lot of cable cars going back and forth and hopefully some bells. But um, it's good to see you. For those who haven't listened to previous episodes that you've been on, Val, can you describe how you became a cable car gripman? Sure. Basically, it's the culmination of a childhood dream. I'm one of the few people who's fortunate enough to have actually accomplished something they've always wanted to do their entire life. Uh, this year will be my 23rd year wow. here at Cable Car, 24 with Muni. You're about the so. same with me and Peter at the Chronicle. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I saw a picture of you. You are going to be starring in a movie coming up on Hallmark called My Big Fat Chinese Christmas. Yes. Uh, tell me about that. I assume you play a cable car Gritman. I play myself, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Several, about a month ago, I was approached by my superintendent. And he goes, hey, I got a job for you if you're interested. Yeah, sure. What's a, uh, we're filming a movie, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so what's it called? And he paused. And he started laughing. And he went, it's called My Big Fat Chinese Christmas. <laughs> and after we laughed, we got two, three minutes. <laughs> The scene that I'm involved in, she she and her friend, I believe the male lead and a female lead, are both riding on the cable car. And I have two lines. My first line is, sir, please sit down. <laughs> You've said that before. <laughs> so that's pretty realistic, yes. And then the second line, which will require a little explanation, is, that's it. You two hoodlums are off the car at the next stop. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hooligans. You two hooligans. I messed up. Oh, you missed you your line. You two hooligans are off at the next stop. You're like and the surly cable guy. I am, yes. I get to be the bad guy in a Christmas movie. It's great. Wow. Well, we'll be watching. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, we're in one of the most iconic places in San Francisco, the Cable Car Barn. How old is this barn, and what's its function? Question for you, David, and you, Val. Uh, originally built in 1887. Wow. The this is a two-story structure. The original structure was actually three stories. It was be well, it was completely gutted in 1906. It just wiped out the entire building. So when it was rebuilt in 1907, they built it to the current uh, uh, two-story two structure. It was torn down completely in 1982 for rebuilding, where they rebuilt the entire system. The brick facade is original, but everything inside is from the early 80s. Uh -huh. And it is the, the center of the cable car system. It's where the storage, the cars are stored, main... Most maintenance takes place here, right outside the door, um, our offices, and the Cable Car Museum is located here as well. When they did the reconstruction, they reconstructed all lines. So you had all the track was redone, all the running gear, everything was redone. And the main thing was it was done to make sure it was done in time for the Democratic Convention and the All-Star Game, which were, were major uh, major incidents in, in uh, 1984 here. But also, there was a big thing beforehand called Save the Cable Cars. So they did a whole lot of publicity, and there were a lot of stars that came out. And they were trying to raise, I believe it was like, $20 million. I yeah, $20 million, and then the federal government would match. Yeah, like so it was about 50s. a 40, yeah. 4050? Yeah. yeah. Wasn't Mick Jagger one of the Yeah, we have photos of uh, oh, yes. in the Chronicle archive of Diane Feinstein with Mick Jagger on a fake cable car. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've seen that picture. It's not a real cable car. It's one of the ones that roll around. I will, I will say that in, in all fairness, yeah. it, it, it actually was a real car at one point. Oh. At one point in its lifetime. But it is now motorized. So it's yeah. it was a Ridley, Ridley car. Okay, okay so that's sort of, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. It's kind that's, of sort of. Yeah. Okay. We, and, it and, was a real car, and that particular car is still part of our yes. uh, historic um, fleet, where they use it for the bell ringing contest. Well, I, I, uh, we do have the Mick Jagger photos. We also have uh, Diane Feinstein with uh, Tony Bennett and yes. with Pac-Man. She's with a giant mascot of Pac-Man, which Atari, I guess, gave a million dollars, and I think there's still yeah. a plaque on there's it. There's a plaque. I on each, so. uh, most yes. of the cars that were rebuilt or that were sort of. Um, saved we'll call it there are plaques on them and as far as i know most of them um uh, there's some that are missing i think but a lot of them have the, the majority have the plaques still on have them. Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. and a lot of the companies are not even in existence right. today. <laughs> yeah well i i'm wondering how much has changed in terms of the technology i mean you you 1980s you've got a lot of new things inside here but as far as how the cable cars work and how this barn operates how much has changed in the last century i'm glad you mentioned that the other day, I just happened to be leafing through a rule book from 1908, 1909, so mm -hmm. about 100-plus years. And I'm leafing through it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, we still do that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that, and I actually picked up a couple pointers. That's interesting. <laughs> I didn't know about that. And I came to work, and I tried it, and damned if it didn't work. Hmm. So <laughs> the concept, the theory of it is pretty much unchanged. Obviously, the materials that go into the vehicles themselves have changed. They're all modern, modern safety glass. They don't shatter like it used to. And LED lights. And LED, thank you, yes. Yeah. The, just recently, within the last five years, 
All the cars have either headlights or running lights replaced with LED lights. And they're much brighter. They're very, very effective. It's quite nice. But other than that, they are pretty much identical to when they first hit the road 140 years ago. Wow. They turn 150 next year. Yes, so they do. Is there a yes, big they do. Celebration being planned. We have a lot be. of stuff in the works. Uh, Anything still, you want to divulge now? I really don't know because everything is still very nebulous. But we're definitely planning on decorating cars. Mm-hmm. Um, Here goes one right now. Rolling <laughs> by us. <laughs> we're basically going to pull all the stops out. Anything, Good. everything that's interesting is going to go out and get fixed up and. And, uh, right. and hopefully the bell ringing contest will be back. I, you and know, you'll be ringing the bell. You would, th- yeah. Hopefully that would be a good time. Of, that would yes. be a good time. Yeah. You know, maybe time. prior yeah. or something in that yeah. era. Because yeah. summer normally they happen during the summer. Right. Yeah. But since there's so many other things going on, it'd be a perfect time. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, how old is the oldest working cable car? Is it Big Nineteen or a different? That would one? be Big Nineteen, eighteen eighty four. The majority of the Powell Street fleet dates from eighteen eighty seven and eighteen ninety four. Of course, those dates, they each vehicle has been rebuilt at least three or four times in mm-hmm. its lifetime. Yeah. I was thinking about this the other day. Would you really want to ride in city streets and 21st century traffic on a vehicle that was literally 130 years old? Yeah. I don't think Maybe so. Maybe not. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. But the oldest, we have to give that to Big 19. Yeah. Now. And how many are there that still operate? There's a total of 40 active cars in the fleet. There's Big 19 and another one, Car 42. They're called the special heritage mm-hmm. cars. They don't go out very often. Maybe once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. So 42 total. Mm-hmm. And when they're all lined up in here, can you easily tell them apart? Oh, yeah. 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 They're kind of like your kids. They're, they're very much individuals. Yeah. Uh, they have personalities? Yes, they do. Really? Just, just like the crews. Yeah. <laughs> especially when you drive the things. You, I can definitely say, okay, this is this. Up, grip. 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 Thank you. <laughs> when you grip the cars, um, and they have personality. There's certain days when they'll behave. There's certain days when they won't behave. <laughs> Do you give <laughs> okay. them a timeout? We're in a bad mood. <laughs> I'm not. Call the shop. And a lot of it depends on the weather. Yeah. Dry weather versus wet weather. That's mm. the biggest factor. In the rain, they change personality. <laughs> it's wow. just, um, yeah. And, and how... It depends on if it's like a first rain or if it's been yes. raining because there's a lot of residue and oil and things on the on, in in the street, mm-hmm. and so that makes a difference in t- how they how the um, car behaves. A heavy mist versus a good heavy downpour. That light mist or even the heavy mist is just enough to make the street slick, mm. whereas a heavy downpour washes all the grease and everything off. Mm. It's still a. a, a a challenge, but it's nowhere near as bad. So you have this wonderful museum right below us, and then the barns up here. Yes. Um, are people, whether it's tourists or locals, cable car lovers, are they welcome up here? And, and what are kind of the boundaries? Is there ever a tour of the barn, or is the museum kind of Technically, the, spot? the barn itself is not open to the public. It is kind of dangerous. It is a working area. A lot of people will poke the note, poke the heads in the door. The guys in the shop are really nice about letting them coming them through. You know, as long as it's not too busy. Officially, it's not open to the public. Mm-hmm. But you got a great museum down there. Oh, the museum is beautiful. Yeah. The really nice part about the museum is that you can actually see the winding machinery as it's working, which is the real part of the system. And then you can see the guy. You can look down and yes. see where they rebuilt the grips. Yes. And. You know, just they see people um, around. You can see the, the, the gentleman. There's another car going by. 
the staff that looks at the cable, they have a like a, um, a stand that they can walk up and view the cable. You can, you can see actually that. watch them working on the cable yeah. doing maintenance. Yeah, yeah. That's, it's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, we did a recent episode called Ask a Muni Driver, and people had lots of questions about driving the bus. But we asked um, people on Twitter yesterday for their questions for a cable car gripman, <laughs> and we have a lot for you now. Okay. They're mostly tailored to gripping, but yes, if you have an I, answer, jump in. I've only tried that uh, maybe. <laughs> I think, I, I've tried it a couple of times, but I have no – one, I have no coordination, and two, I'm just – yeah it it requires the muscle right we're kind of built the same and i think we're both really wiry so don't underestimate (laughs) well there have been people my size uh stanley's here and uh, billy pond who unfortunately technique is more important than just muscle strength yeah if you got the right technique you can handle it what is the hardest part about training to be a cable car gripman I would say understanding the concept. It's 19th century technology. There's so many limitations. You can't stop in a grade. You can't stop going uphill, things like that. Wrapping your head around the way these things work. Mm-hmm. If you're gripping a cable under the road exactly. that's constantly moving at nine miles It's completely miles. unlike anything else, mm-hmm. literally. Yeah. So getting that down is probably the hardest part. What's the most unusual thing you've seen someone carrying while riding the cable car? A few years ago, I'm on the California line up at California Van Ness, and there's this really strong odor of gasoline. Oh. And I'm looking around like, somebody, and a gentleman had gotten on the car with one of those little pla- pink plastic shopping bags with a can of gasoline. And he was expecting to take this thing home with him on the cable cart. <gasps> and he couldn't understand why I asked him to step off. <laughs> so, uh, this came up in our Ask a Muni Driver episode. Someone brought gas on a Muni Yeah. I what mean, is up with but these people carrying gas I around? think it's worse carrying gasoline on the most flammable <laughs> yes. uh, transit <laughs> in so much wood. Like the world. Right? <laughs> probably. Probably. You're trying to save some money. I get that part. But not, not like this. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> so, what about you, David? Have you seen anything weird? The only thing I remember, and this is from my days in being a radio dispatcher, um, and this was just down the street on the 30 line, Somebody, um, somebody's live turtle got off, got um, loose on the bus. And I called the supervisor up at Union in Columbus, which is where the 30 line goes. He said, no problem, bring it here. I think somebody will be having turtle soup later. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's a good one. When did you stop letting tourists push the car at the turnaround? That's uh, a long time ago. Like late 60s, maybe early 70s. A bit long before my time. Was there an incident? or? You know, I don't know if there was a specific incident. I think it's just... Yeah, it might have been after the centennial. Probably. Somewhere yeah. near, you know. It's just, I mean, uh, in fact, I was thinking about this the other day for uh, one of the, I think it was Labor Day. We had about four to maybe 500 people waiting in line, down at Powell and Market to get on the car. Could you imagine 400 people all trying to push the cable car at the same time? <laughs> yeah. It would have been just totally chaotic. Yeah. Basically, I think the, the popularity of the cars just got to the point where you have to rope them off, and now you have to kind of, unfortunately, treat them like a Disneyland ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When, where, and why do you ring the cable car bell, and do you only pull for a couple of notes, or do you make music? The regulation, there's uh, signals from the conductor to myself, from the back end of the car to the front. One bell means stop next to the intersection, somebody wants to get off. 
Two means we're all clear and back. You can proceed. Three means stop right now. This is an emergency. And then four in an unusual situation means we can back up. Usually we're going uphill. I get cut off. I have to back down to where it's level. And four bells means you're clear. Keep coming. Hmm. I did not know that. Yes. The music part is just for fun, just for, you know, pretty go, hey, how you doing? Hi, how you doing? Or, you know, seeing a friend on the street or uh, a lot of requests. Hey, play the bell. It's my son's birthday. <laughs> Stuff like that. So, yeah. And, and it's it's a warning device. Also. And definitely. It's the horn. You know, yeah. It's the equivalent yeah. of the horn. So The one on the roof. Yeah, the big one, right. So yeah. a lot of people think it's really cute. You hear ding, 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 ding. Yeah, but see, I'm doing that for a reason. It means get out of the way, I'm coming down the street. <laughs> no, it's not. The, the ring ding 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 okay, that's fun. Yeah. But when you hear that pounding stuff, that's that's like get out of the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, coming through, coming through. So yeah. yeah. It's a there's very distinctive areas, sound. Yeah. yeah, there's certain areas where you, you can, can hear it more, yeah. more where they have the chance to play something. Right. And then there are other places where it's strictly business. Right. You know, and right. that's that's very important to so a lot of people don't understand that, but it's very important. You know, the, the crews know, basically. Um, and we, you know, when I was here, we used to get some complaints, like um, on Jackson Street, you know, because some people would ring the bell a little bit more than people would want at an ungodly hour, let's just say. 10.30 at night, people yeah. trying to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? If you, like, move in next to the rooster shop, you're going to hear oh, yes. like cock-a-doodle-doo in the morning. You're, you're on a cable car line. Yeah. You're going to hear some cable cars. It's like moving next to the airport and complaining about the noise. I know. Yeah. I, I, think it was I, live, I live in the path of the airplanes out of SFO, and I... I you you weren't aware of this when you first yeah, got the house? exactly. We'll be right back after this short break. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This one's from our colleague, Tony Bravo. I'm going to read it in its entirety. Uh, it's a great question. I'm curious if the buzz of the tracks has a specific pitch. The bells are certainly musical, but has anyone tuned the tracks? Was on an interview near the curve of the tracks at Powell and Washington Monday, and it sounded like a Bjork album. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, I do know yesterday, for example, every time I'd make a turn, there was a very, very loud squealing noise that came from the tracks. And that's because it was raining a few days ago. And so when that rust builds up, it's definitely louder. As far as the actual pitch, I have no idea. But um, I do know that what some guys would do, you would get parts on the track where if there was some debris in the rails, or if the wheels would make a certain noise, it would make this thump, 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 thump. And they would use it as a metronome. With their bell ringing. Oh, that's cool. So, stuff like that. So, yeah. Cool. Is there a better cable car scene in cinema than in The Rock? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
several years ago. Upstairs, we're all watching TV, and The Rock came on. <laughs> and that great scene where the car just flips over and explodes, you know. <laughs> but it sounds like my big fat Chinese Christmas. <laughs> no explosions. I'm sorry. No, um, no. But the, the great part is that we're all watching the scene on TV, and there was somebody in the, I believe she was a security guard or something, and that scene came up, and we all just roared with laughter. And she's watching us like, well, what's so funny? What's, look, look at that. And we're all making comments. Oh, see, you're going to get charged with that. That's an accident. That's, <laughs> that's going on your record, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can't decide whether the Gritman handled the situation well or not in that scene. I mean, he's clearing people off the cable car, but he seemed a bit panicked. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, if I was in the middle of a high-speed car chase and, I'd gotten rammed by what was it, a yellow Lamborghini. I got shoved off the tracks. I think I might panic too. <laughs> but yeah, otherwise, the other, and considering the fact this car flipped around in the air several times and landed on the ground and burst into flames. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that looked pretty that, well. That hasn't happened to you in real life? Uh, knock on wood, no. <laughs> Not yet. We, we had, was it a Lamborghini, at that midnight one with Donald May Mabry? Yes. I think <laughs> there was one where the guy ran the stop sign. As the car is going this way, yeah, and pretty much tore up his car. Wow. Took up the this is around midnight. Yeah. The cable yeah. car won. No, oh. well, cable car versus a Lamborghini. Yeah, cable car always wins. <laughs> Almost always. Good. Okay, <laughs> another movie TV question. Does it bother you when TV and movies set in San Francisco include cable car bell ringing in locations that are a mile or more away from the nearest cable car line? Because that bugs me. I'm wondering <laughs> if that just like sets you off. <laughs> I'm one of those people. You do not want to be with me in the theater when a cable car scene comes up. I will put... Okay, see, that's not correct. That is... Not, that's not even... Okay, Val, Val. Yeah. No, but look at that. See, the, come on. Yeah, yeah, so... I understand. I mean, for even this Christmas movie, um, my understanding is most of it was filmed in Vancouver. Yeah. So, and I guess it's cheaper, faster, whatever. I was actually kind of surprised and impressed that they took the time to come down here and get a real cable car. As opposed to a motorized car, which would have been a lot cheaper and easier and faster. But they did come down here and use the real car. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how... Do I end up somewhere in downtown Vancouver with my cable car? <laughs> <laughs> they step off the car in Russian Hill and now they're in downtown Vancouver. Is that how Wasn't this is going to Was that Metro, the one that had the fake track? Yes, on Jones Street. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you, you ever uh, see Metro? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, just as long as they don't have cable car bells in the Mission District, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, they did, uh, what, 100 and something years ago? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Somebody asked, um, I was recently stuck behind a cable car taken out of service. What might cause a cable car to get taken out, and how is that resolved? Any number of things. It could be a mechanical problem with the grip, the, which is the device that actually grabs onto the cable itself. It could be the cable itself. Sometimes it stops. Uh, we have problems with brakes, any number of things. Hmm. And what we do is we have two very large trucks. I believe they're Kenworth or... or International something like something. that, yeah. And you'll see uh, the white trucks there yes. when mm -hmm. on that. They're Big, normally parked at right. the pulling gate Big on that side. Peter built things, and they come out and rescue us and hook us up and Do drag us back. Do they have names? Here. I Not call anymore. <laughs> we, uh, I nicknamed one of them Bertha. Okay, because somebody said to ask you, "What is Big Bertha?" So. Oh, yeah, that's the truck. <laughs> 
Well, here's one that that uh, I've always wondered: How does a cable car get across an intersection when the cables are going uh, perpendicular to uh, each other? I mean, my California only thing is like, Powell, right. like, or even Jackson. It, Jackson yeah. Mason. Is it like Christmas magic? Is it the same thing that allows Santa to deliver the presents? I don't understand how that works. It's magic. Okay, what happens is one obviously one cable runs on top of the other. Yeah. For instance, California and Powell use that intersection. The California cable runs on top of the Powell cable because California line was built first. So it's called rope seniority. California was there first, it goes on top. If I'm on the California line, I just roll through the intersection. Just normally I don't have to do much of anything. On the Powell line, as I approach the intersection, I have to build up my speed, kick out the cable at the very last possible second, drift across the intersection, and then pick it up on the other side. That is badass. I had no idea. I'm going to be looking for that now. That's like a that's a complicated maneuver. It is a very that's going towards downtown. Now coming right. coming outbound. They make the let go, but they don't pick up the cable on the other right. side because it goes down. It stays under, and it goes down, and it comes in the barn. Oh. So that's the only time. That's one of the places where they don't they don't need to pick. They they just drift. They just coast all the way down to Powell and Jackson wow. from California. Huh. Um, this is a question I wonder about, especially because I got here on a cable car and this happened. Why are there always a bunch of cable cars stacked up at the terminals? And why, when there's a big line of people waiting, do they just sit there? The basic thing is they're on, they're on a headway, well, on a schedule. On, on a schedule. Yes. And the main thing is, if you can imagine, when you get to the end of the line, there's going to be a time that, you know, we call, they call it layover or recovery. Because as you can imagine, being a a physical job, you know, there is some time that they need in between. Plus, Pollen Market has the two lines. So in order for them to be on somewhat balanced headways, let's say, if you're running a 10-minute headway on each line, it's about five, maybe eight minutes between cars. So, and then you're trying to maintain that. So the main thing is you, you have to have more cars you know, you'll see more cars at Pollen Market, and and then they don't stay down there as long as they do at the outer end. But um, how come, like, I took the cable, the California line here, and I had just missed one, so I'm first in line, and there's one just sitting there for like 20 minutes. So California, Heather wanted a private ride. <laughs> yeah, California only lays over downtown. They used right. to, they used to have layover at each end, but now that's why you see uh, more cars down at. Uh, um, drum, and so they uh, they normally leave about every ten minutes. Hmm. But you this know, one didn't. <laughs> yeah. So that's why all of them are down at drum because you know one leaves, and then they have to get a certain distance, and then the next one can leave because they do need to space out. Mm-hmm. Okay. What is the dynamic between grip and conductor like, and what's the split in responsibilities? Good question. Glad you asked that. <laughs> I think I spend more time with my conductor than I do with my own family. It's very, very important that you find somebody you like, that you can work with, at least get along with, because you're going to spend so much time together. Yeah. Um, as far as bringing down the responsibilities, I, as a grip, and I drive the car. I'm op- responsible for operating. And the conductor is responsible for helping me with the braking and collecting fares. And the rest of it, we split up on an even, but, you know, answering questions and taking care of 
customer safety and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's pretty much split down the middle. But if you imagine the cable car, the front part of the car will be my territory, and then the back of the car would be the conductor's mm-hmm. area. Who should a passenger tell their stop to and when? When they scan the clipper card or a few blocks before the stop? Please do not pull on the bell cords because, like I mentioned about the bell signals earlier, if you give me the wrong signal, that can be bad. Yeah. I've asked, I'll get three bells, ding, ding, ding. But luckily, I can tell the difference between bam, 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 emergency stop coming from my conductor or ding, 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 more tentative. That's somebody just playing it. But instinctively, if I get three bells, I'm going to slam on the brakes. Yeah. That's an emergency stop. I do appreciate it if you can just tell me maybe a block in advance. Hey, can get next up? It's, you know, simple. Uh, And another thing that a lot of people don't seem to understand it's very noisy on the car. I think I've lost a good chunk of my hearing in the last 23 years. If you don't get a response from me, if I don't acknowledge you with a smile or a wave or something, I didn't hear you. Uh-huh. No. Sir, sir, excuse me. I get the next stop. Got it. If I just keep going and I don't say, I just didn't. And they'll, you know, I'll roll past this stop. You didn't stop for me. I'm sorry. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I told you. I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. Just make sure we see you or mm-hmm. hear you. And we will stop for you. It's not, yeah. we're not taking prisoners. It's not Alcatraz. <laughs> we're not going to hold you hostage or anything. But yeah, just let us know in a, in a timely manner, right? One block, half a block. Is mm-hmm. And it depends on where you are in the car because, you know, if you're in the middle, right. you want to try and get the You can let either attention. one of us either know. It doesn't one, have to be the grip. Yeah. Yeah. And what are the toughest conditions to work in? Is it weather? Is it heavy traffic? What, what's your kind of nightmare day? Bad weather and heavy traffic. <laughs> <laughs> heavy rain on a busy holiday with uh, a car in a bad mood, shall we say? <laughs> I've had that situation before. Yeah, that's, uh, again, the, the rain is probably the worst. I've gotten to the point where it doesn't bother me, but it still definitely makes me nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, heavy, heavy passenger loads can be definitely, and forgive me for saying this, my friends over at Buena Vista, I love you guys, I really do, but on a major holiday, there people come out, and they've had a few, uh, a little bit too much on the Irish coffee, and they're having a little too much fun, and they want to ride the cable car. <laughs> you know? And now you've got three dozen of them, and they're all, <laughs> sit, like from the movie, sit down, sit down. I said sit down. Yeah. But um, the weather is probably the biggest thing. And, in fact, when you're first starting out as a rookie, I think a lot of guys will quit because they realize, I can't do this, mm. especially in winter, winter conditions. Mm-hmm. Those are probably the worst. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we should end on a good note. And what would be your perfect day on a cable car? Nice sunny day. Yesterday was probably close to perfect. It was beautiful weather. It wasn't that busy. It was just enough a crowd to keep things interesting. Get down the power market. There were about maybe 15, 20 people on each each trip, each line. Everybody was in a really good mood. Uh, I had a little girl get on the car. And I, I tried to do this. You know. Oh, can can we take a picture with her? Sure, come on up. You know. It's her birthday. Oh, honey, come here. <laughs> Ring the bell, did the whole picture thing. And you know, to me, it's it's a nice little 
interlude, whether I probably forgotten about it half hour later. But for that little girl, she'd probably keep that memory for years. Aww. Years yeah. and years, you know. Well, you're a great ambassador for well, San Francisco. I try. Thank you. you. <laughs> I try. I try. Well, thank you so much for having us to the barn. And before we leave, can we get you to ring the bell, Val? <laughs> <laughs> you were going to find some way to get in, weren't you? Of course. Oh, of course we are. And David, it was wonderful to, to meet you. Um, yes, nice to meet one, you both. Wonderful yeah. work that you're doing here. And we're excited for the 150th. I'm keeping the year free. <laughs> Save the date. Next yeah. year. Uh, yes, definitely. Yeah, it's Most definitely a, a major event, a major milestone, I should say, um, that and then in uh, 2024, of course, will mark, what, 40 years since the cars came back. Yes, that's right. You know, and yes. that's, that's, that's going to be, be another that's excuse be another, to party. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Great. Well, great to talk to you. Well, thank right. you for having thank us. You. Yes. Thank you. Yes. It a lot of fun. So we got to see Hunter Pence before and during his Hall of Fame ceremony. The clips you're about to hear are Hunter talking before the ceremony happened, and then we got some audio from the ceremony, and we're going to talk about it after you hear it. Um, it is overwhelming, like the amount of support that I have, and I know how lucky I am. Uh, so I just, I just am feeling very, very fortunate, very blessed to have this moment, especially with what we've gone through, and yeah. um, to get to see a lot of people that I haven't seen. And it's just, it, it, once again, it feels like somewhat of my second wedding to have all of yeah. these great loved ones coming together. But Lexi said it best. She said, this time you're the bride, Hunter. Oh. <laughs> all the attention's kind of on me. And so, uh, but no, I really just appreciate all the work Lexi did and the city of San Francisco yeah. and the fans. And it's just an honor. This is where I belong. I am overjoyed and delighted to be a part of the Wall of Fame of this great city. I love being out here every day. Thank you so much for embracing me. Giants fans, you have passion. You have creativity, you have love, and I appreciate every moment I had. One day was a dream come true to play in front of you. I'm making this commitment, along with the Giants, to be committed to San Francisco. There's a great quote that I really love. Plant trees that you'll never see grow. Do, do something that makes a difference that you'll never see, like Gregor Blanco. Bring it for your teammates. We pledge, I'm pledging this day to help clean up the bay, stop pollution, pick up trash, plant trees, to help create a cleaner and better environment from this day forward, eight more years at least, but probably for the rest of my life, to tell you very good. I'm going to leave this earth in a better place, I'm going to leave this organization in a better place, and I'm very thankful to be on that wall. Thank you, Larry. So, Heather, I've been to a lot of these ceremonies. We just went to Will Clark's uh, number retirement ceremony, which was very moving. Usually you get a lot of people talking about the past, really crediting the fans and their friends. I think this is the first one where it ended with a message of what Hunter Pence is going to do in the future. And it's about community service. It's about making San Francisco better, planting trees, picking up trash, Bay pollution. That's the first I'd heard of that from him. Um, it sounds like he's going to be here for a while, and it sounds like he has a plan. Yeah, he told us that he and Lexi, his wife, are looking for a home in the Bay Area, and they intend at some point soon to make this their permanent 100% 
place where they live right now. They're splitting time between San Francisco and Houston, but they're committing to the Bay Area. And um, one fun thing I learned after um, the ceremony was that he and Lexi have recorded a um, advertisement for Prop J, which is the ballot measure in November to keep JFK Drive and Golden Gate Park car free. So they're really finding ways to get involved in the community and promote good things. And I mean, we need baseball players to cheer for. I love going to Giants games and going to 49er games. I think right now the city needs even more people who have a positive outlook and want to work hard to make the city better, to do the little things to get the city in a better place. And I think we really need Hunter and Lexi in that capacity, maybe even more than we need him as a baseball player right now. So I just loved hearing it. Yeah, he talked about in his ceremony how he wasn't the best giant ever, but he really tried hard to pump up the team. He was known as the reverend and for giving really good um, pep talks. And I think that San Francisco needs a pep talk now and that he is like a great guy to do it. So thank you for listening to Total SF and follow us on Wednesday, September 28th. Um, Heather, I'm getting a little delirious. I don't even know what the date is anymore, but it's coming up. And uh, follow us on our transit adventure. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Our music today is from the Sunset Shipwrecks, Castro organ player David Hegarty, and cable car bell ringing from eight-time champion Byron Cobb. Support Total SF in the newsroom that creates it by investing in a digital Chronicle edition. It's less expensive than you think at sfchronicle.com slash pod.